0: Stay the same. looking like I'm going to a Raider game no, I'm not the only one we've been doing it like this since we was hella young I don't need a
1: back Raider here on sports 1140 40 H D K, Lincoln Kennedy to join us here in a few moments former Raider current Raider analyst as his weekly visit with us uh, a little sidebar I had a chance today to do a, a zoom uh, career day kind of thing at a, at a local school here in Natomas a, a grade school middle school. And um, one of the things I was asking the class, Chris, I was just kind of surprised to see. I go, let's do a little, uh, you know, who's a Kings fan, Warrior fan. It was more Kings, but there were Warrior fans, Giants and A's. A's actually were ahead. I was surprised at that from this class. And I said, okay, how about uh, Niner fans? And a couple fans, uh, kids raised their hand. And I said Raiders. And there were more Raider fans. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I didn't think that would be the case, especially with – what this area has been through with this. And there's still diehards here, but I, I did not anticipate that.
2: I think it's easier to stay with the team the further away from Oakland that
1: you get. Oh, meaning us. Like if we were in yeah. Oakland, if that, okay, that could be true. Cause yeah, I mean, how many people from here are, are going to those games and you could still watch the team play. And it's not in your direct community. Yeah, that could be true. That could be true. So Lincoln Kennedy will join us here in a moment. Also in this hour, we're going to get more on the Sacramento Kings and that thrilling win last night. Still a few things that are going wrong, but so much better to have stuff go wrong when you get a win, much like they did last night with Harrison Barnes' heroics to get this team to 2-2. Two and two. And we'll look tomorrow's matchup against uh, the Pelicans after we uh, check in with Lincoln. Uh, Chris, I told you, and we'll also have the crossover uh, to wrap up this hour before we get you to Thursday Night Football with the Packers and the Cardinals. Um, this morning, I came in and did a, a live crossover with, with uh, Dave and Jay, uh, but I'd like, to, I'd like you to participate. I'm a little scared, but we'll have you participate in our little sports Mad Lib. You ready? Okay. All right. So you got a pen and paper? You're, you're good there? I do. You don't have to tell me the answer until I read the phrase, but you, you, you write down the, first, I need a city. Okay. And those of you out there can, can play along if you'd like, if you, if you remember what city you, you chose, if you're driving around in your car. Uh, next, like Mad Libs, a noun. Person, place, or thing, for those of you uh, keeping track at home. So we asked for a city. We got a noun. You good? Yeah, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> okay. Uh, verb, so an action word. That noun you were writing for a while. I don't know what you put there. But... Well, I couldn't think of anything. I couldn't okay. think of a noun. I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, you have your verb? Yes. Okay. Uh, next, a person, a famous person. Easy. Okay. Um, next would be, I don't know if it's an interjection or an exclamation, you know, like, yippee, yahoo, whatever, some sort of something like that. And then the last one, a number. You good to go? I am. Okay. So here we go. This is what I uh, asked the guys in the morning. This is a little sports mad lib, and it's going to be very uh, current and topical. Last night in? Sacramento. Harrison Barnes got the? Bus. With 1.3 seconds to go, and he? Traveled? It over Devin Booker. As it went through the net? Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Yelled? Huzzah! And the Kings won by? 13. 13. There you go. Huzzah! Huzzah! Um, what was your noun again? Oh, the bus. <laughs> Harrison Barnes, uh, got the bus with 1.3 seconds to go. All right. There you go. So you just played. You participated. Thank you. That I was had fun. to, uh, it down a little yeah. bit. Well, they kind of did, but they had some similarities in their answers as well. All right. Uh, we are, uh, thinking about the Raiders this weekend. They don't play. What a good spot for them to be in right now. Because if you look at what they've done, they are five and two. They're somehow, someway in first place in their division, and they're watching <clears throat> everyone else this weekend, right? They don't have a game this weekend, and they've made it through this really trying time right now when they lost their coach, the kind of the face and figurehead of the franchise, and rallied and got a good win a couple weeks ago, and then backed it up with an impressive win against the Eagles, so... We're going to talk about that now with our next guest, Lincoln Kennedy. We get a chance to check in with Lincoln every week. Unfortunately, as we said, Lincoln, we won't be able to hear you this weekend because there's no Raider game, but you'll be back on KHTK in a couple of weeks. So with that said, Lincoln, how are you going to spend a rare Sunday off?
0: Oh, well, some family time. I actually got the fortune of having a double buy, no college football or uh, pro football game this weekend. So, yeah, the, the, I'm going to take the kids up and get them a tour at Legion Stadium we're going to check out the restaurant in Vegas and um and it's just Halloween so I'll be hanging with them.
1: <laughs> you uh so how's the Halloween in the Kennedy house? Uh what what's what's goes on there on Halloween?
0: Well, I'm going to be dressing up as Emperor Palpatine this year and the kids are going to be my royal imperial guard. So um, looking forward to it. We haven't had the time to dress up in the past because I'm usually working this time. So this one's going to be a, hopefully a little special, memorable Halloween.
1: That's fun. That's fun. And I don't know your neighborhood, but is it? You know, every neighborhood's a little different. Is this a place where a lot of people are coming through to get candy? You have a lot of trick or treaters?
0: Oh, a lot of trick or treaters are coming. As a matter of fact, they have. They usually have carloads that come from other neighborhoods <laughs> that come to our neighborhood. We're known as the neighborhood that gives the giant candy bars. There out. You so, yeah, there's a lot of kids. A lot of kids that come through.
1: Got to hold up to that reputation true story <laughs> <laughs> as we're talking with Lincoln Kennedy here uh Lincoln let's let's go back to last week um beside, you know the Eagles score first Raiders move the ball right yeah. down the field just a weird interception but after that scoring and scoring and scoring I, I thought it was a really well balanced offensive attack uh, last week against Philly
0: yeah, I think they really show some signs of life. You know, you know, being scored on first is nothing new to the Raiders, and they've, they've had their difficulties uh, starting fast. But, you know, giving up the ball in the kickoff, as you mentioned, the Eagles marching down and scoring, and them responding the way they did, I thought it really showed uh, well for the team. And as they progressed, I thought that they got more and more into a routine, both offensively and defensively, to counter what the Eagles were doing. So it was a good sign moving forward, especially into the bye week to follow up a, a you know win like that after the win they had in Denver.
1: Now in the game, inside the game, a couple of injuries. I know Jacobs left the game. Uh, Simpson, on the offensive yeah. line, left the game. Bye week will help. What any long term for those? Either of those two guys, you think?
0: You know what? No, so Simpson came back, and he eventually finished the game. He did have some trouble a couple times, but he finished the game. And Jacobs, uh, they, they said it was like a chest bruise or something like that. So I don't know the extent, but I, I think that everything should be fine coming back after the bye week. Uh, I know that Coach Basaccia gave the entire team the week off, um, said that they didn't have to win a, uh, last Monday. That they had the entire week, and they were able to report. You know, this following Monday, which is strange. That's never happened in my career. And I guess probably it's a good thing that it didn't um, <laughs> give it that much time off. But uh, but uh, yeah, so the, the team has been uh, well responded. And I think you know the main thing that Coach Passaglia wanted to do was just get away from the organization, get away from the program for a little bit um, to just relax and and you know reflect on everything that's happened, uh, minus the situation, just the season in general, and what they look what they can look forward to being in this position, the up, tied to the top of the AFC.
1: You know, it's interesting. I remember last week we asked about that, and you said, yeah, you like to get away. You would go to Vegas. Um, what would you yeah. tell the players? I mean, you could make the argument. Some are really young. Some have families. I mean, it just depends on, yeah. on what you want. I mean, it is nice to have a week away. Is it? Can you kind of just uh, decompress a little bit?
0: Yeah, I, I think the the standard routine is that you would take usually the first couple of days of the week, you know Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then kind of decompress and get away. I mean, I would tell the guys, and all honesty, with that much time, you need to find a beach somewhere. Mm. Uh, go, you know, go and just relax because with the, you know, and some guys don't have the luxury because the kids are in school; they can't just get away like that. But if they did have that ability, you know, go to a beach, go get away, uh, because it'll be less likely the beaches will be, you know, crowded or stuff like that, um, because you know most people have school to work during this time of year so yeah, i would take full advantage if i had the opportunity whether it was even flying down to mexico or something
1: like that talking with lincoln kennedy here on sports 1140 khdk another encouraging sign last week lincoln to me was uh the ability to move the ball like they did without waller i mean it's you never like a Correct. stud out but okay let next man up or just how else can we beat you um that's a key piece that missed and it didn't seem like of course they missed him, but they kept going in a really fluid fashion that was encouraging
0: from an announcer standpoint it's really gratifying the fact that that Derek Carr has found a way to spread the ball around I think last week he used nine different receivers um, and and much like you know uh, unlike the first game against Baltimore where he seemed to be trying to target Waller every time um, he does spread the rou- ball around and utilize all his weapons and then one of the things that really stood out to me in that Eagle game was the fact his accuracy was just off the chain I mean he was incredibly accurate I think that's one of those intangibles that a lot of a lot of people don't necessarily take. Uh, you know, notice of, if you will. But there were times where he actually had to throw the receivers open or he had tight windows to fit the ball in and he was able to get it. And those big plays really helped you know, propel the offense uh, to, to really move the ball efficiently. Um, and I don't think he gets a lot of credit for that. He's really having a great year.
1: He is. And I think the trust, like you said, Lincoln, In to me, another encouraging thing from afar would be a guy like Willie Sneed who was in camp, who they've released. Mm-hmm. Uh, even uh, Brown, who's a veteran receiver. But the trust they must now and the results they're getting not only from Waller but Moreau, uh, Rugs, Renfro, Edwards down the line, like they feel comfortable in some of these young receivers. Obviously, right now,
0: yeah, well, they've come to they come into their own in their own way. I mean, the reason why you had such depth like Sneed and Brown and Camp and up to the point that's earlier this week. When Snead asked for his releases, because you were expecting that if there was a learning curve or a sophomore slump, if you will, uh, amongst their young receivers, and they would have somebody else they could rely on. But you know, you got to respect Snead. He's like, look, I'm not playing, and these guys are are the main your main focus. I, I understand it. Let me go somewhere and try to play somewhere. And same thing with Brown. He just never took hold of the system and the, and the the Raiders. So that's one of the reasons why I let him go. Now he's with Denver. So there are always jobs and opportunities out there. I'm glad to see the Raiders would oblige Snead, will not necessarily make them hold on and be disgruntled they let him go.
1: Lincoln, before the season you and I talked about the, the probably quickest way for this team to get better would be an improvement on defense. Obviously, it does look better. How much does this go to Gus Bradley and what he's done? How much credit should he get here?
0: A lot. A lot. I mean, Because he revitalized and re-energized the defense just with his philosophy. And the way he came in, the guys on the defensive side ball really respect him, appreciate him, and everyone kind of understands their role. From you know, Coach Gus Bradley was the defensive coordinator, but Ron Miles, you know, with the defensive backs coach, they found a place for guys like Jonathan Abram. You know, he was playing in space and he was struggling, and that wasn't really who what he's about. He's found a new home being in the box, more of a rover style than a, a true safety, um, which has really aided not only the run defense help, uh, part of it, but also given him a place to, to where he can really understand. And now guys are playing a lot faster because they're doing a lot less thinking. I think under the Paul Gunther system, when you looked at guys, guys were always in the wrong place or just mislined up or miscommunications. You don't have that as much anymore. It's not, you know, and I was always one of those guys that, that, that felt that, it doesn't have to be like the 85 Bears. You don't have to shut out every team. You just have to slow them down. As, as efficient as this offense has shown at times, if the defense gets a couple of stops, then, you know, then you're going to be able to take the lead. And I think that's what we've seen so far this season.
1: Lincoln, as uh, the bye week's here, then they, they're back in action after that. There might be some reinforcements coming to that offensive line. Uh, how close is Richie Incognito to, to returning?
0: You know what? I haven't heard anything about Incognito. They said that the, probably after the bye is when they kind of projected him. But in all honesty, if the way things are going right now, the 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 you know the offensive line probably had their best collective performance this past week against the Eagles. I'd be I wouldn't really want to change up anything because I believe that offensive linemen need chances to play together and to build cohesiveness. That takes time. And really the way the practice schedules are with these days with the pros, they they don't have it until they actually get in the games. And so most coaches have decided to use um, the first four games in the month of September to try to get their guys in football shape. I'm saying that you're probably going to need to use the entire month of October and November to get this offensive line to learn how to play together.
1: Interesting. On the incognito part, a a veteran that's thousands of snaps, thousands of reps, how long would it take him if, in fact, you know, they want to go back to him and and utilize his experience. How long would it take for him to kind of be fully up and running?
0: I don't know what kind of shape he's in because there's been limited times when I've been at the practice, so he hasn't even been on the practice field. Wow. So I don't know how, how good of a football shape he's in. Um, but you know what? It, it was more I think most people need to understand when it came to Raiders and Incognito, it was almost like a safety blanket. They knew that they were going to try to develop John Simpson. That's the reason why they drafted him what they did. But if he did not work out, you had somebody who was a veteran who could step in and play. Um, and I, I still think that's the case. Now, if John Simpson's banked up or knows the extent of his injuries, how he feels coming out, that that might be an option. Incognito, um, more than anything, brings an attitude, a nasty attitude uh, where he really likes beating people up. And a lot of the guys, and he brought it out of Colt Miller when he played next to him a, a year or so ago. Um, and, and Denzel Good was also one of those guys. Along with guys like Alex Leatherwood, who's a true road grader, I think it really gives him a nasty attitude that they want to be able to push people around. So I do know that if he's in the lineup, that's exactly what he would bring.
1: You know, when you do the games with Brent or any game, you do, you do Pac-12. You're, you're all over the place. But do you find yeah. yourself watching just from your own experience the line more and the defensive line what they're doing, or do you try to watch everything?
0: But do you do you lean towards those line play? I always lean towards the line play because that's where it starts every time. Um, uh, and but you know when I'm when I watch a game from an all-22 angle, I, for the quarterback's sake, I look at the safeties first and understand what the defense is playing, and then I watch the interior line and then I watch the play develop. Hmm.
1: That's fun. It's a fun process to and to hear you. Of course, you can hear Lincoln every week with Raider games right here on sports. 1140 cage came with us on his weekly visit Uh, trade deadlines come in. There's lots of talk all the time about that. The NFL doesn't always have a bunch of trades. You think where the Raiders are at five and two first in the AFC West kind of made it through this Gruden scenario. Do you think they're going to be active with the deadline next week?
0: I have a hard time seeing where they would go and which direction they would go. You know, thinking about you're going to get your two corners back um, uh, in, in a couple, or it might be even after the bye week. I, I would think, uh, and I, but I'm, I see. I don't really see a, a glaring, blatant lack. Something that you can address in the trade deadline. More importantly, you know, if it was an offensive lineman where would you put them? You would have to take time to get up to speed, and they're rolling right now with such momentum. It would it would seem foolish for me to disrupt that.
1: Hmm. I want to ask you about the division. We kind of check in on that every week. So 5-2, and two, great spot first. You can watch everybody play this weekend. Uh, let's look at those matchups. Washington plays the Broncos. You've seen the Broncos uh, pick on that game maybe. Who do you think in the Washington football team versus the
0: Broncos? Well, I think that I think the Washington football team is going to take advantage of Denver because Denver is having so many issues on the defensive side, and they try to get I don't know where uh, I don't know where where Von Miller is if he can play, but it, they, you definitely noticed him being out last game. So they right now the Broncos have trouble stopping anybody, and more importantly, they be getting any type of thing offensively going if they're not running the football. I think Washington football team is a very is a beatable team, but uh, the Broncos are a step below them. I think Washington wins this game. All
1: right, next matchup, Patriots and the Chargers. Chargers off a of bye-week. Patriots put up 50-something on the Jets last week, but you've seen the Chargers. Uh, what do you think about that matchup this week?
0: I think it's going to be a lot closer game, obviously, than than what happened last week. But the Chargers, I think, defensively and offensively have got a great deal of momentum. It'll be interesting to see how Belichick nullifies what he does, you know, to opposing quarterbacks. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I'd like for the Patriots to win, but really, I don't have a dog in this hunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: for sure. And then the last one, we always kind of check in on the Chiefs because I think everybody was waiting for them to turn into this magical team that's won the Super Bowl, been to the Super Bowl. Uh, even last week, Lincoln, the Titans took it to him, and I know Mahomes got hurt, but that was later in the game. I, I was surprised their offense did nothing. But uh, Chiefs, uh, Monday night, get the Giants. Uh, are the Chiefs this broken right now?
0: Yes. And and I've been trying to tell people who don't you know necessarily believe it because of Patrick Mahomes, there is a such thing as a Super Bowl hangover. Mm. I, I've experienced it. Even when you have good players or good positions, there is there is a hangover. There's a, and then you also have to think about this: the the Chiefs have been good for quite some time. The rest of the league eventually is going to catch up. You're going to get enough film to see how you can nullify. Patrick Mahomes is trying to do so much to where he's turned over the ball more times now than I think he did the entire season last year. And that's something that, that sticks on him. If they don't have a consistent running game, which they don't, you know what they can do offensively. But at the same point, their defense can't stop anybody. So they're left. They're like other teams that have played them in the past, forced to score touchdowns and really try to pressure it and push it. And a lot of times it's just not there.
1: Well, it's going to be fun for the Raiders, at least to to be away to relax, let everyone else beat each other up while they stay in first place before they get back in action next week. Lincoln, thanks for uh, joining us again as uh, you do each and every week. Enjoy Halloween, uh, but what's the best Halloween candy, by the way, or best candy?
0: Snickers. Snickers, Snickers, or Reese's peanut butter cups. Okay, come on now, yeah, those are good. I'm are you butter chocolate man? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where are
1: you on? Um, gosh, what do people are divide? A uh, candy corn, good or bad?
0: you know what? I never had a problem with candy corn. I used to okay. like it when I was a kid. Now it's, it kind of gets old, but I, yeah. I never had a problem with candy corn. Can't,
1: can't have a bunch of them. It's just so sugary, but it's, yeah. it's, you know, exactly. You know what you're getting into, but <laughs> Snickers, yeah. Snickers and Reese's. That's a good yeah. call. Good call. Yeah.
0: All right, Lincoln. If you, if you have a place in your neighborhood that has full-size candy bars, you know, I'm hitting them up too. There
1: you go. That's see, that's the wise move. People are going to be in your neighborhood for sure. Lincoln, thank you so yeah. much. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week.
0: All right, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Lincoln
1: Kennedy sharing his insight, not only about the team, but the key, the key moment there. Snickers and Reese's for Lincoln. Um, those are good. No problem with those. What's your go-to? What's your number one candy, Chris? Almond Joy. Okay. More than fine. No, no, nothing not wrong with. Nothing wrong with Almond Joy. Um, peanut M&Ms are pretty great. Yeah. I won't say no to them. Um, how about candy corn? When I asked Lincoln that at the end, I'm not a fan of candy corn. It. I do like them, but it is one of those like, okay, I can have about five. And when you go for more, it's like, okay, this is...
2: Do you know what the, the best pound-for-pound pound Halloween candy of, like, fun size candy is? Is for pound. either the regular Skittles or the regular M&Ms, because it seems like you get, like...
1: In the small pouch? Yeah. So yeah. it seems
2: like you get, like, yeah. a good handful. Yeah, yeah. Um, With peanut M&Ms in those, you could get tricked, because every once in a while you get, like, five. Like, oh, but then there'll be, like, three in there. Like, what happened?
1: Yeah. What's your neighborhood like on... I mean there'll be a Sunday night on Halloween. Mm. I mean last year was weird with, you know, with COVID more so it's usually quiet. Yeah, we have a we're we're in one of those areas that Lincoln's talking about where it's not quite our area, but really, really close, people drive in and but so we could walk oh. to it. They like drive in to go through that part of the neighborhood, but we're just on the outskirts of that. See, so we don't get that many people.
2: I live in the neighborhood where they're driving out of
1: <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it's quickly identified who gives out full size candy bars. People, the kids know, they know. And, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes.
2: I remember one year, like someone gave out like pennies, like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. Um, I remember, I never remember having like a Halloween, like, I don't know, a plastic pumpkin or what. I just always remember taking like a, uh, pillowcase. Is, Is that what you took? It's a trick or treat or a bag or something?
2: uh you usually like a bag i didn't really trick or treat that much yeah i would say like
1: right when i turned like eight or nine i stopped yeah that's that's actually on the younger side isn't yeah. it yeah i don't know what it's always weird because you know kids grow at different rates especially but sometimes you'll see some kids um how old are you you know that are just taller than you like um okay here's some candy i don't know uh, but hopefully, everybody will have a good one there. Uh, certainly, my thanks uh, to Lincoln Kennedy. And what a spot right now that the Raiders are in. Kind of. Can I, I'm sorry. Can I yeah. go back on that? Oh, like, what, what do you got? If
2: there's like an older 15, 16 year old kid that's like trigger treating or whatever, people are like, hey, you're too old. You can't do this or whatever.
1: Just give them candy. Yeah, exactly. Well, I wouldn't say I, you can't. It's just like, oh, they're old. And yeah. They still give them candy. Just,
2: but there are like people. I've seen people who are like, no, I'm not giving them anything. <laughs> He could be doing worse things exactly. in their lives.
1: <laughs> if their judgment is coming to your house, knocking on the door, and hopefully politely saying trick or treat, yeah, give him some candy. There's no other time of year you really can do this. <laughs> this is the one night it's kind of accepted. If you think like about
2: November it. 1st is like, is off what are you doing um, at my house? No,
1: I'm not giving you candy, and that's weird. That's a weird request. But it's the 31st, we're good. Whether you're a baby or, um, well, I guess any age, right? I wouldn't turn down an adult. I'd just think, oh, that's different.
2: See, isn't that worse? If you see someone with, like, a nine-month-old trick-or-treating, like, you're not giving that... I hope you're not giving that kid candy. (laughs) That's worse than the 15-, 16-year-old.
1: More times than not, I feel like that parent is just showing off their kid's costume. Like, oh, look at how cute my nine-month-old is as a bumblebee or whatever. Oh, cute. But why did you ask for candy? You're not giving that kid candy. You're taking that home. You're eating it yourself. Um... Yeah, I remember even with my, you know, one point when I was young enough and my brother was, was older than me, like, we would trade candy. Um, like, what did he get in his hall and I did? But, yeah, long, long time ago. Now what ends up happening is not enough people come to our house and then we have the candy and then I either try to bring it in here or just over time, like, man, I'm the one eating the candy. I don't even love candy that much. But if it's there, I'm gonna, I'm going to get it. I'm going to definitely get it. But Lincoln had some good points there about where the Raiders are now. Um, just from the last couple of weeks, right? We thought this was a point that they could have been buried. Instead, they've uh, regrouped, brought together, uh, got a couple of wins this last week. Their offense was was great against Philadelphia, even if that first early turnover that car threw, which was a tough one because it went off the receiver's hands. But after that, locked in, got a win, kind of low stress. They got a week off, and then they get the Giants. And it's just, you know, while the Chiefs try to figure this out, if they ever do, Chargers are going to be a problem. Uh, Denver, they've already got a win on them, and they're kind of struggling. So kind of what we said, too, yesterday with Chris Landry, if you really think about it, you have to just be in the top seven. As bad as it looks right now for a team like the Niners, look at the teams they're fighting with kind of in this edge of the playoffs, right? That's a long way to go, but if you look at the, kind of the playoff conversation in the NFC, I think everybody would say Arizona right now is better than the 49ers. Tampa, Green Bay, maybe even Dallas and the Rams. If we give you if give you all those five, well, there's still a six spot and a seventh spot. Let me read you those next couple of teams. Saints, Vikings, Falcons, Bears, Panthers, Washington football team, Eagles, Niners, Giants, Seahawks. I mean, two of them got to get in there. I think the Niners have every opportunity. And on the other side, for the Raiders, right now, they're tied for the best record in the AFC. I don't think of them as the best team. I still like Buffalo the best in the AFC. I think Baltimore's got a ton of potential. Chargers too. Raiders lost to the Chargers, beat the Ravens. Um, it's it's good for them to be where they are right now and while the other teams try to figure it out and certainly if the Raiders can take advantage of this and continue to thrive. So thanks again to Lincoln Kennedy. We'll talk to him again next week. Still to come before we get you to Thursday Night Football, much more to get to. Packers and Cardinals coming up at the top of the hour. The Kings, let's get back into them and what they need to do tomorrow against the Pelicans to keep this thing going in the right direction We'll talk about that next here on Sports
0: 1140 KHDK. 1. 1.4 to go. Position at top is Buddy Hill and Harrison Barnes box of the inbounds to Barnes, he turns, he fires for the win, he's got the bucket at the buzzer, Harrison Barnes in very similar fashion to his victory last year at Golden One Center against the Cleveland Cavaliers, I believe it was, has just nailed a buzzer beating three, the Kings win it 110-107. You know I mean, it's credit to my, my teammates and my coaches, they have a lot of, a lot of faith in me gave me the opportunity to shoot that shot, you know, Fox. Had a lot of options, obviously, found me on that. So, just try to, you know, just be at peace Um, look with the results when the it's, uh, you shoot
2: the uh We knew it was going in. He knew it was going in. You know, it left, left his hand. So, uh, you know, just a, a great moment to experience.
1: I think I saw that Fire Falcon in the night sky last night. Harrison Barnes. The hero. Game winner. Second time he's done that as a King. Sixth game winner by the Sacramento Kings in the last couple of seasons. A walk-off situation. That's pretty amazing. Uh, but they got it done and a swing from being 1-3 and three to 2-2. Two and two. And the feel-good of carrying that over into New Orleans for tomorrow night. Now, we've talked a lot about what this win and Harrison Barnes play. Buddy, the frustration of Buddy up and down Fox. You know, uh, but kind of want to Sometimes you you need to get perspective, almost from what it feels like on the other side, right? We're we're so locked into the Kings, and and so many times when they lose, it feels like the other team doesn't have any issues, or when they win, uh, when the Kings win, or they just you know won a game, and that other team will be fine afterwards. I, I you know it's very very early here, but Phoenix to me has a, has a couple of interesting things just to keep an eye on as a team that hopefully the Kings will be potentially competing with here as the season goes along, and they had that dream season a year ago where they went from 10 straight years of not making the playoffs to a two-seed and all the way to the finals, which is very rare to do it all that. I mean, they skipped steps. They really did. But uh, you go for it, and now there's expectations, though I still feel people are picking probably Utah, Lakers, maybe even Denver ahead of them in the West. So a couple of things showed up last night that did come back to fruition that had bothered – The Phoenix Suns, early season trends for them. We were talking with Tim Kempton, their radio analyst. He was talking about how many teams had shot the ball well from three against them and how poorly they have shot the three. We brought that up earlier. Phoenix went six of 22. So they're not making the three-pointers at 27%. They only made six. The Kings made 15 of 38. Buddy himself made more threes than Phoenix. So the three-point line on both ends of the floor continues to be a trouble spot for Phoenix. Um, here's a couple of the things that uh, they were talking about with other uh, way they played. Uh, DeAndre Ayton had 21 and 21, was nine of 12 shooting, his second career 2020 game. He was a really big problem. He took one field goal attempt in the second half. That's it. Here's the quote from Monty Williams: "It's a conundrum for sure. In the first quarter, we were setting screens and diving, and he was generating a ton of offense." Like I said, we just haven't been consistent, and that's on me. Uh, more from some of their players. Jay Crowder was talking about the game went, you know, really their last gasp effort, which they did a good job of coming back after it looked like the Kings kind of had a more of a control of the game. "Quote: You saw desperate basketball. The switch went off. We felt like we were about to get beat, and then bam, that's all it was. We've got to find a way to generate that for 48 minutes. Um, it's not happening right now." And uh, here's another quote from Crowder. It's a different season. Different things are happening. Our approaches, our mindset has to change a little bit. Again, no panic time. It's only four games in. They're one and three. I still think they're a good team. But a couple other things to watch. Something they did try on purpose last night, and I, I found it to be interesting. Chris Paul was out a lot of the fourth quarter. Now, he did get to the scores table and sat there for a while without a dead ball going out. But Monty uh, talked about that. He talked about the different look, uh, arresting their second highest paid player, the veteran, kind of the leader, a great league winner, right? He's won everywhere he's gone. Quote, saw a different look, getting Book at the point and getting Landry out there so we could switch better. I don't think that group was that bad. We generated some shots. Couldn't make any shots that segment. Uh, I think we went one for two a few times in the foul line. I didn't mind that group at all because we had like-sized guys, which should help us when they go small and pick and roll, which is interesting to me. This was another team adjusting to the Kings, and I don't think that has happened that much, and that's encouraging to me. Uh, One more quote from Monty, and I wanted to give Chris a break. I did that to him a lot last year, and he got worn down. I didn't think it was that bad of a look for them. So the fact that Chris Paul uh, had been limited to less minutes, was not that effective. I mean, he missed so many shots that he's obviously over his career. He's made much more. He was one of 10, but what I do wonder about Phoenix, there's a couple things going on. One, they did have such a terrific season. It's really not that long ago that they got eliminated in the finals. Uh, Booker went on to play in the Olympics. You've got most of the group back. Uh they just played a lot of basketball over the last couple of months. And so I don't know if they took more time off than others, but they just look a little bit out of sorts. I mean, collectively, and that's, this isn't just the Kings game. I mean, a one and three start with, let's see now a buzzer beating loss, a 29 point loss and a 12 point loss. And their win came against the Lakers. So they just haven't been, they haven't been right yet. And this is good to play teams like that while they're not right, while they're a little bit out of sorts, Can you take advantage of that? And it wasn't easy for the Kings because I thought the Kings, as we mentioned earlier, played so poorly in the first half, didn't shoot the ball well, wasn't defending well. Really, there was nothing to hang your hat on. But those three started to fall, and like we say many times, it's how you look at things. Let's look at this from Phoenix's perspective. Uh, I know if, if I was doing a show in Phoenix today, I would say, you know, that's a tough loss. It's really difficult to lose to Harrison Barnes. But I would also say, come on, former... Phoenix Sun, Alex Len hits two threes. De'Aaron Fox, his only three, he banked in. Uh, There were some things that started to go the Kings' way, and then Buddy Heald has to get that crazy hot for the Suns to lose by just three points. So it's how you look at things, but the Kings did a good job of taking advantage of a team that, uh, for whatever reason, isn't quite gelling right now, and that's okay. That doesn't matter. Get in, get out of there, get your victory, and move on. And Phoenix, going to 1-3, and helps Sacramento, who's now 2-2. and And they've got to have that same kind of approach of take advantage of a team that doesn't have all their guys right now. And that's tomorrow night when they take on the Pelicans. Pelicans' best player is obviously Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram, but those two. Brandon Ingram's playing very well. I do like the addition of Valanchunas. Devontae Graham's a guy that can get very warm quickly. But when you start to look at roster construction, this is where it gets dangerous in the league, and you, you never assume this. There's never easy games. There's never easy wins. The Kings have more talent than New Orleans. That's the best way to put it. Now, in the NBA, anybody that's seen this league for two years, 10 years, 30 years, knows that's not how it works. It doesn't mean anything. The Kings will be favored. You would think they could win, and maybe if they play their best, they will win. It's not how this works. So what do you have to do to make sure you secure that? So far for the Pelicans, they're 1-4. and They've lost to the Sixers. They've lost to the Bulls. They've lost to the Timberwolves once, beat them the second time. And then last night, they were playing really well against the Atlanta Hawks, but ultimately lost uh, by three. So their new coaching staff, they're kind of going through a little bit of turnover, and maybe they will be better later. But when we heard the news a few weeks ago about Zion Williamson being out or not fully recovered, from his off-season injury and, and surgery. He said, look at the schedule. The Kings play him twice in that time that he is out. Take advantage of this. Take advantage of this. Too many times in recent years, the Kings have played teams that have been without maybe their best player, maybe two of their key players, three players, and lose. Kings are healthy. I don't know if Fox is 100% healthy, but if he's playing, that that's all that matters. He's committed, he's going. Then I expect him to play well. The Kings are in a better situation going into the game. They have some things that I hope film studies showed them today that need to get better. But overall, we are seeing a team that looks like it's got more to offer. And that's offensively, that's defensively, that's depth, that's three-point shooting ability. That's a team that's played together. Back to that word I've been using before the season started, why I was so much of a believer on this team, Continuity. Most of the coaches are back for an office is the same players are back for the most part in a few new pieces and the new pieces they like and they're contributing and they're doing good things. Tristan Thompson's had his moments. Alex has had his moments. And I think everybody's in love with Davion Mitchell. But other than that, it's Fox it's Halliburton it's Barnes, it's buddy Holmes. These guys have played together a lot of basketball. And so um, I don't think of them as a young team. They have some young pieces, But this is not a young team. They've played enough games together. Experience shouldn't be an issue. And now it's, okay, confidence. A player like Harrison Barnes has the utmost confidence right now in his own individual game. And now you see teammates having confidence in him. Everybody should have full confidence in Fox. We're seeing a coach that has a ton of confidence in Davion Mitchell. That's what the team's got to do is believe in itself, believe in the individual's, And the two losses, move on from them, learn from them. I didn't think they did very well in the first half. They didn't attack the game like you'd like to, but they did a great job of attacking the game in the third quarter and came back in the game, forced the Suns into that first timeout, and we had a game. We absolutely had a game the rest of the way. So Kings need to do more of that against the Pelicans team, who hasn't won at home yet. Kings haven't lost on the road yet, which... It was another funny stat over time, I'd said this, to really kind of become one of those better teams in the league, you need to have a great home court record. Because that usually happens first before you become a great road team. If you can become a great home team, figure out how to work your way to a close to 500 record on on the road, you're going to be in the postseason. So right now, they've won both road games, lost both home games, but this road trip, you, you can, on paper, Tomorrow would be the "quote unquote" easiest team, or the team with the worst record that they're playing. Still have Dallas, still have Utah, who we saw um, Kings battle with toe to toe. But in Utah going to be a little different, and that's a really good football team, a really good basketball team. So, if you can somehow do that, play what you did at times yesterday, figure out your angle, what's the best way to beat New Orleans, and get to over five hundred guarantee a 500 road trip and then you just go for it try to get a third win somewhere even a fourth if that's at all possible remember when we talked to Tim Kempton the other day he said yeah the Suns they're starting a five game homestand he surprised me when he said this he said anything less than five and oh would be a disappointment well they're already disappointed and I thought that was overshooting their mark a four and one homestand's good three and two is about the, the low end you'd want to be but at best now, they're going to be 4-1. They can see if they can take advantage of that schedule going forward, but that's not the Kings issue right now because they took care of the Phoenix Suns thanks to Harrison Barnes. All right, still to come, we still have the crossover. A few more final thoughts, and then, of course, Thursday night football, the Packers and the Cardinals. It's all coming your way at the top of the hour right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. away from a Thursday night football storyline for that no Devontae Adams no Alan Lazard no Marquez Valdez Scantling for Green Bay uh Valdez Scantling was their last chance to have one of their top receivers for this game but he's going to be out for the hamstring a hamstring injury uh, you've got Adams and Lazard who are ruled out because of protocols from COVID-19 so that's a tough one. Um, In a couple of my fantasy football leagues, I have Aaron Rodgers. I still have to play him. Can't take him out. Got to to leave him in there. I I don't know who's going to get all the yards. They may look to run some more, but we'll see how that one goes tonight. I do like the Packers in this one to stay, or excuse me, the Cardinals to stay undefeated just based on the amount of key personnel, specifically Devontae Adams. I mean, he is so good. So that's going to be a tough one tonight. Uh, as far as the NBA goes tonight, let's take a look at the NBA schedule. Uh, the early on, Pistons are playing the Sixers. you get the Hawks and the Wizards. Knicks, Bulls, Jazz, Rockets. Again, I like Houston. Uh, I like Utah a lot, especially in this game. Spurs and Mavericks, and then the Grizzlies and the Warriors. So we'll see if the Jazz, Warriors, and Bulls can all stay undefeated as uh, the season uh, rolls along, getting to the second weekend coming up. Um All right, before we uh, we call it a day, we got to get the crossover from the morning show. What's happening on the Carmichael Dave Show? Let's find out right now with the crossover. Here's today's crossover. Oh, we're gonna need a second here for the crossover. I actually heard it in studio live after we did the Mad Libs, but all right, let's see what they got.
0: Crossover time. You just came in and did Mad Libs with us. Mad Libs, coincidentally, is the source of the most trouble I've ever been in in my life. I was suspended from school because I decided to take a Mad Libs book in fourth grade, and all my friends put in really bad words, and we laughed. It was funny until one of the yard duties got us. As a child, what's the most trouble, Jason and Chris, that you ever got into, and what was it that you did to get that trouble, and Jason, I'm worried you never got in trouble hmm. as a kid. We'll see.
1: No, not true. I did, but i, I really want to hear it, Chris. Uh,
2: you're going to be very disappointed. I never really got in trouble as a kid. Were you not? Did you not get caught? Or were you actually a sweet no, and gentle kid? I'm a good. I was a good kid. He, I will say, I got my friends in trouble. Once.
1: I was good at that. A lot of people didn't believe that I could have, you know, like I was in groups a lot where maybe the groups get in trouble and maybe the fringes around me got in trouble and I didn't a lot. No, I
2: gave them the idea. Oh. <laughs> so this is in high school and uh, they're trying to think of a senior prank and one of our teachers has a, uh, they had a Geo Metro, <laughs> I'm like get like eight people to go and move the car <laughs> into the hallway and they're like, yeah, so they did, but then they, they couldn't get, they couldn't. Like, pick it up, and then they couldn't get it out of neutral, and they actually broke into his car,
1: and then they all got... They all got... Uh, and no one said that was Chris's idea?
2: Detention. Or I just, mean, they were the ones that
1: did it. Right. So you just like, I didn't do it. We weren't snitches. Smart move. Smart move. Um, I can't think of anything too substantial. I I do remember being... This would be way younger, not even school. This was at home. I don't know. Maybe I'm first grade second grade probably in there and playing in in the in the room with my brother and I broke one we had one of those old windows they had like window um I don't even know how to describe it but they're like little sheets of window like you could roll open it was just weird and like they're little almost like blinds but they were window paint like window little slits I guess and broke one of them and I did it and did not say that I did it. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. And oh man, did I get, it was basically because I was lying, not because I broke it. And what I remember the most about that, it was probably early afternoon that I got in trouble. And it was one of those things you have to, st- it was my stepdad at the time said this to me, you have to stay in your room. I thought, okay, well, how long is this going to last? And I remember even coming out. Cause I'm like, it's gotta be close to dinner time. And it was no, get back in your room. And then I got really sad. Like, I'm not going to get it. A- like, are we eating dinner with the family? And I think ultimately Chris, I just fell asleep. So I thought, man, I really got it. I didn't even get to have dinner with the family. I was that that I didn't lie again, I don't think, after that.
2: Oh, good for him, I guess. I guess yeah. it worked.
1: Lesson learned, right? Just don't lie. Own up to it. Fess up. <laughs> that's the best part about talking is lying. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the real answer we were looking for. All right, that's it for us today. Thursday night football coming your way next. It's the Packers and the Cardinals. And it's right here on Sports1140 KHDK.